welcome. Uh, every quarter we do a special missions offering to support the missionaries that we're involved with around the world. And so that's next week already. And so the week before, we like to just share a few updates about the missionaries. Um, so if you advance a little bit here, here's the four missionaries that we regularly support. Dan and Georgiana Aikens in Romania, Micah and Amy Tuttle in Peru, Bob and Sue Cohen in Uganda, and Matt and Trista Deaver in um, Last time we took a special, designated a special part of the offering towards a project in Nigeria to help build a hospital there. Uh, through the Haven of Hope. And on the next slide here is a thank you note. Uh, please tell the folks at Creekside thank you for the $1,600 they sent for the Hope Haven Hospital project. The money arrived just as the roof was going on, which was perfect timing. I got that phone call a couple weeks ago. And uh, actually, our, that money was actually doubled. There was a matching grant. So $3,200 went to help put that roof on the hospital in Nigeria. So praise the Lord for that. Um, also, a Wednesday or two ago, we had a visit here uh, from Colin and Diane Lord. They were missionaries in Papua New Guinea from 2003 to 2011. They had to come back due to some personal family issues and are going back out at the end of the year to Papua New Guinea. In Papua New Guinea, Wycliffe Bible Translators has a huge uh, translation work going on, translation center, and large enough, so large enough that there's um, so many children of the translators, they put on a school for the children of all the translators. And these uh, two teach in that school. They teach music there. So you, it's not the typical uh, missions ministry that you think of when you think of missionaries, but, it, but it's pretty cool. They wanted to use their musical talents for the Lord, and, and that's what they're doing. Um, and actually, Diane is a, a piano graduate of Drake University, so we kind of have a little bit of a local connection there, too. Um, so we're going to send a little bit of money to them out of this offering, too, this time, to help them get back out to the field. Uh, Micah Tuttle, just a quick update. He is truly the adventurer for the gospel. Here's a little picture here. Uh, he didn't have anybody to go with him down the river this time to visit some of the villages. There's like 30 villages along this river in the remote part of the Amazon in Peru. And uh, so he went by himself, took a tote there that's like 50 pounds of tracks and Bibles and stuff for the villages. And he, this is an inflatable kayak going down the Amazon, you know, the Hululaga River here. He had to navigate some rapids, and it was an eight-hour trek down the river to get there. He gets there at night, and there's a whole village just waiting for him to do open-air preaching. So you can imagine traveling all day down this thing and then getting there only to have to expend yourself for over an hour preaching. Uh, so great stuff. Just pray for him and his family uh, in Peru. He also he puts these interesting quotes in all his emails. They send a couple emails a month, and uh, he's always reading and thinking about the Lord, and he... Here's just a few of them I wanted to share. John Wesley, you have one business on earth, save souls. Alistair Begg, he says, our sins must be absolutely horrendous if it takes the death of God's only son to fix it. Uh, John Wesley again said, I value all things only by the price that they shall gain in eternity. And then one from John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, we esteem things according to the price paid for them. The soul has been purchased by a price that the Son and wisdom of God thought appropriate to pay for its redemption. What a thing, then, must be a soul. And so this guy is just on fire for the Lord, thinks about eternity, and weighs everything he does in his life by the weight of eternity. And may we have that spirit, too, in our lives here. Uh, just a quick update from Matt and Trista Deaver. You know, Matt was a member of our youth group here, got saved through that uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago. And now he's a missionary in Nepal. 
they had a little vacation and now are getting back there. And, and really the, first fo the focus of these first couple of years is just language learning. I mean, you go to a country, you just can't jump right into full missions work. You have to learn the language. And he said, we safely made it back home and have had a good week of settling back into language learning and homeschool. We saw this snail outside of our window at our dinner a couple nights ago. So often it feels like our language learning and sanctification is coming along as slowly as this guy. But then we look back on where we started and we are encouraged at the progress made. So let's just pray for the Devers that God would help them with the language learning in Nepal. Uh, so here's a picture, just a flashback. I showed this a year ago, but I thought I'd bring it up again. Missions trip 2000, a young Matt Deaver on the right there. Uh, next missionary, you. It could be someone here. We could pray that the Lord would raise up missionary from this group, just like he raised up Matt Deaver from that youth group 16 years ago. Uh, here's Dana Georgiana Aikens in Romania. And just keep upholding them in your prayers. On the next slide here. Uh, they gave us a little update in their last email that they're seeing some fruit in their ministry. This couple on the left, Gabby and Andra, they've been reaching out to their neighbors of theirs for the past three years, and they recently agreed to go through a study of the Gospel of John with them. So just praise the Lord for that open door with this couple they've befriended over the years here. Uh, so Dan and Georgiana are on the right there, and these three have been known as the Ineloquent. We've been visited by them for over 10 years as a band uh, occasionally. And this guy on the left, you never hear about, though, Pablo Calderon. He's kind of that drummer in the background. He's not, he has, you don't hear him singing. He's kind of that guy in the background. You don't notice him so much as you do the other two. But uh, he and his wife, on the next slide here, are going to Romania to join the ministry there with Dana Georgiana this fall. And one of the things they need to do that is a, is a church to endorse them, to send them, commend them, uh, so that they can use the missionary services of CMML, which helps with funds transferring and emergency support and that sort of thing. Um, but they didn't have a church to do that. Her church, home church from Montana only had about 10 people left, and they're, they're kind of dwindling out. Um, so they weren't able to commit to that. His church on the East Coast wasn't recognized as the right kind of church, apparently. So uh, they came to us earlier this year, and a few of the elders here met with them and talked to them and Dan and Georgiana. Dan and Georgiana are having the same problem. His home church in Colorado is down to about eight people or so, and they need help being, just having a supporting church, and they've known us for a long time. So both couples are asking us for help because they've known us for a long time. They, they're friends, close friends with some of us here. Um, and so we're, we want to do that. And uh, to that effect, we've invited Pablo and Bethany to join us here in our fellowship for the next month. He'll be here next Sunday. And uh, we'll do a, a little interview with him. We'll have him, he's actually a, a music worship leader too, so he's going to take a couple weeks here leading worship, uh, which I think we'll enjoy. And we're going to have some fellowship events just to get to know them better. Um, so starting next week. So just pray for the missionaries that we support. And uh, so we're going to send out to our four regular missionaries, plus help Pablo and Bethany and call in a Diane Lord as they're going out to the field soon. Um, so I'm going to pray for that in a minute, but I also want to have another special announcement while I'm up here. The elder team is always thinking about the future direction of the leadership of the church here. And I know some have asked us at times, how do elders get appointed and recognized in the church? And so this is maybe a good opportunity to explain that as we have a potential elder candidate. Um, when we recognize a man of faith who meets the qualifications of elder in the Bible, and that person has a desire to do the work, and we're interested in having them serve with us, the elders reach out to him, have us meet 
have a meet with us for a while, maybe a few months or more. Uh, and then uh, we present the name to the congregation at one point, like we're going to do here, just for prayer and uh, feedback. You're welcome to talk to any of the elders and give us your feedback on that individual. Um, and, and just be in prayer about it. And then in a couple of weeks, we'd like to recognize this individual as an elder. So Mike Johnson, you want to stand up? Uh, Mike is well-known. He's actively involved in our leading our youth group for over 10 years, maybe 15 years, involved in some capacities. <laughs> uh, drummer, website, communications, etc. right? <laughs> involved in the, God's hand in several ministries here, but we would love to have him involved on our leadership team officially as an elder. And so just please pray for Mike and, uh, and for the elder team for wisdom and help with that. Uh, one last quick thing is that our fall ministries are quickly approaching. Sorry to remind you that summer is about over, but it is. <laughs> and uh, just be in prayer for all the fall ministries, small groups, Sunday school, Awana. We could still use some leaders for help with Awana and Sunday school, so talk to me uh, or one of the other people involved with that. I'm going to pray now. Our Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the privilege of knowing you, or rather being known by you, as the Apostle Paul said. And also for the privilege we have in being a part of your work, not only here but around the world. We just thank you for those who have gone out, left all behind to go out into the world, even remote parts like the jungle of Peru, to preach the gospel. And we pray that ministry would bear fruit in Peru, in, in Uganda, in Romania, in Papua New Guinea, and everywhere else, Lord. Your, your hand is moving and working around the world, and we just pray that souls would be saved, as John Wesley said. That's our main business here. And uh, we pray that here, too, as a congregation, through our ministries, uh, that these fall ministries wouldn't just be a time of busyness to be busy, but it would be a time where souls are reached, where people are discipled and grow in their faith, where the gospel spreads throughout the city. And so we just commit ourselves to you as a congregation for your blessing and for a season of fruitfulness in our upcoming ministries. And we commit Mike Johnson to you, and we just thank you for uh, his tireless work and effort and service here over the years, and thank you that he has a desire to take this step in leadership, and we see him as qualified, Lord. We just thank you for that. It's hard to find a biblically qualified man these days to take on the mantle of leadership, and we just pray your blessing over him and his wife and family uh, for protection and for guidance, and uh, we, just, we just thank you for this opportunity to uh, bring another qualified man into our leadership team. So we commit the service to you this morning. Please be with Bob as he brings the word to us. Uh, speak through him powerfully in the power of your spirit. May our hearts be open and receptive to what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Mark already broke it to us that fall's coming, so close your books, put them under your desk, and we're going to have a little pop quiz. If you're paying attention to the slide, you might be able to get a few of the answers off of that, but we're week four into a series. Um, anybody know what the series is? Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. All right. Good job. Is it fruit or fruits? Single fruit. Okay. But I thought there's nine of them. We don't have to get into that sermon. But if you don't know the difference or why it's fruit and not fruits, maybe you can quiz somebody beside you afterwards. 
Can you name the nine? Love. Sound like anywhere from seven to 12, that's good. Okay, and then, uh, let's see, I think this is the last question. Yeah, last question, what, what's the mascot for this series? That's a little more subtle, I'm not sure if you picked up on that. Fruitcake, yeah, somebody got it, fruitcake. Did, did anybody know that there's nine fruits in fruitcake? Me neither. <laughs> but I found one that has eight, if you count almonds, but I don't think they're really fruit. So I guess we'll have to put that limitation on the fruitcake. But the fruitcake is kind of a, a mingling of all these different fruits, just like the, the fruit of the Spirit is a mingling of the characteristics of God that really can just flow out of our lives without effort as we get out of the way. And getting out of the way is, is probably what tends to be the effort for us. But we've had love, joy, peace, patience. And we're, we only spent one week on patience. With, I thought we could have, maybe we should spend four weeks on it, you know, test your patience a little bit. But today, we're moving on to kindness. And then the, the subtitle here is Why Be Random? And we'll talk about that a little bit after we talk about what kindness means. Because I looked up what kindness means, um, not just in the, in the dictionary, but in a, a Bible-type dictionary online. And I thought this was pretty good. It kind of gave me the start to what we're going to talk about today. They, they defined kindness, and they said there's no English word that means the exact same thing as this Greek word. So what it means is the spirit-produced goodness that, number one, meets the need, and number two, avoids human harshness. It meets a need, and it avoids harshness. So sometimes we see needs, and we want to jump in and fix them, and we forget about this uh, avoiding harshness. Sometimes we see a need, and we just don't do anything about it because it might be awkward to try to meet that need. I think, and this goes back, you know, 20 years probably. At work, I was in a meeting with two people, uh, Tom and Sherry, and I, I come sit down by them, and Tom looks at me, he looks at my shirt, and he said, you got a white smudge on your shirt. And, okay. And Sherry looks at me, and she says, no, you don't. Well, I went to the bathroom afterwards, and I had a white smudge on my shirt where I couldn't see it very well. So from the perspective of knowing that about me, yeah, I think both of them knew that I wouldn't want to walk around all day with a white smudge on my shirt, but one was willing to say, hey, you got a, a little issue that might embarrass you later in the day, and I was able to take care of it because of what he said. The other person saw the need, because I know she's not blind, she saw the need... But she decided, oh, that might embarrass him. I, I don't want to be the one to embarrass him. I'd rather have him find out later when he takes his shirt off at home and find out he went all, around all day with a white smudge. So sometimes we, we don't want to meet the need because we're afraid it might come across harsh. But I think kindness is the key to that. That's how we can meet a need and not be harsh. And so sometimes being nice isn't always kind, right? Because the nice thing might be to overlook something completely 
that's really going to cause somebody a problem or maybe is causing somebody a problem. So when I got this definition of kindness and I was thinking about this bumper sticker that you've probably all seen, the one on the left here, it says, practice random acts of kindness. That's, that's a nice bumper sticker. Um, but I was thinking, you know, really our kindness should not be random. If it's the fruit of the Spirit coming out of us, it should be constant, not random. And interestingly enough, on the radio this past week, I heard uh, John Foreman, who's a lead singer in the Christian band Switchfoot, talking about this bumper sticker. And he was saying, you know, you see this bumper sticker, it says, practice random acts of kindness. And he goes into an explanation and he says, really, it shouldn't be random. I thought, well, there's a little confirmation to me that our kindness should not be random. The other bumper sticker on the right that we've probably all seen that says, why be normal? I couldn't find one that said, why be random? So I just uh, made the modification. But why be random with our kindness? It should be consistent. And if you look underneath there, I've got the definition from Random House Dictionary of random. And the adjective is proceeding, made, or occurring without definite aim, reason, or pattern. So kindness, the fruit of the Spirit kindness, is not without aim or purpose. It's there to meet a need. And so when we want to practice kindness in the, in the spirit, fruit of the Spirit sense of kindness, it shouldn't be random. It should be a consistent thing that comes out from us. So this particular word, the word kind is, is in the Bible quite a few times, but the particular word um, that is in Galatians 5.22 as kindness is, I think, only in the New Testament ten times. And so I kind of, you know, copied and pasted them and color-coded them and stuff and, and counted them up. And those of you that know me know that I work in IT and I do have some of the stereotypical tendencies of IT. So I have a pie chart here. <laughs> and I thought this would be maybe a good outline for us because in this word kindness, you can see if, if all the words were one, the one big circle, the part that's gold there and says God on it, most of the time kindness is talking about God. A little bit of the time it's talking about us and then that red part where I said not us is kind of an awkward way to put it, but there's a verse that says God looked at mankind to see if there was anybody that was kind. Well, it says good in Romans, but it's the same, same word. And he said there wasn't any. <laughs> so we don't have a very good track record as people, but God does. And so we're going to start with looking at the kindness of God this morning, and then we'll look at how that translates into the fruit of the Spirit coming out in our life in kindness. I don't know if you guys have ever seen anybody in a, a money booth. I've been to a few conferences for work where, you know, they have this, like, phone booth and the fan blowing, and there's hundreds of dollars of cash in the, in the booth, and they let people be in there for 20 or 30 seconds. And there's all this money flying around, and they're trying to grab it, and... Um, if they try to grab it, they don't usually end up with very much. And when I read this verse, 
I feel like I'm in a money booth <laughs> with all these riches of God flying around me. Just for future reference, if you ever get the opportunity, it looks like the most successful way to catch money in a money booth is maybe like pull your shirt out and get above the fan. It's, <laughs> it's not, very, uh, not very modest and it's a little bit awkward looking, but it seemed to work. Hopefully, I don't want to put that image over this verse, but it says, and as we read through it, I think you'll get what I'm saying. All this, all this richness flying around, God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And that's in Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. And I, I use the New Living Translation for this one because it, it puts it in such a, a rich way. But what were the two things we said, the two parts of kindness meets a need and without harshness? That's right. So here is the need. The need coming out of that verse says we were dead because of our sins. And I don't know, you know, I don't know the details of all your lives. I don't know if you all know Jesus as your Savior, but maybe you're sitting there reading that and saying, dead because of our sins. I've got a pulse. I'm breathing, I can hear you, what's this dead thing? This dead thing is because we are a multi-part being. We're not just cells and organs and tissue and fluids. You didn't get here this morning because of gravity. You got here because of a will, either yours or someone else's that brought you. And so you're not just matter. You have a spiritual component to you, and that's the part of you that relates to God. It says God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he's given us a spirit. That's part of the, us being created in his image. And so this dead part of us refers to our spiritual being because we're not very responsive to God as we are naturally born into this world. That, that happened when sin came into this world. And sin is part of every one of us. And so we, were, we had a need. We have a need. We were dead because of our sins. And so God stepped in and he met the need. And it's a, a pretty simple little statement there. He gave us life. So we had the need that we were spiritually dead. God met the need by giving us life. And here's how he met it, without harshness. So I just highlighted a few of those phrases. So rich in mercy. And mercy is that character of God where he looks at us and he sees us in our sin and in our deadness and he sees that we deserve judgment. And we deserve his anger against sin. But he didn't carry out that judgment. That's his mercy. He loved us so much. 
the motivation behind what God has done in meeting our need is love. And when love is the motivation behind meeting a need, it's going to come out in this kindness and that harshness is going to be, is going to be uh, mitigated because that's natural to us is that harshness. It's by God's grace. And God's grace is that it even maybe goes beyond the mercy of not giving us what we deserve into the blessing of giving us so much more than we could ever be on our own. And the power of God coming in on our behalf and giving us a gift of eternal life, giving us his spirit, giving us his love, working through us to do his work in this world. And then there's that little statement, the incredible wealth of his grace. So God saw the need in us. He met the need in us. He did it without harshness, but rather as motivated by love and mercy and grace. And he gave that grace to us. And I just want to point out the middle part of that, sec- that verse too, because look at where it's gotten us. If you've received that grace and you've been thankful for that mercy of God, it says we are raised up from the dead. And remember, we're spiritual and physical people. And so we might be physically alive and spiritually dead. Eventually, our bodies will catch up with our spiritual condition, right? And if we're dead spiritually, we die physically. If we were alive spiritually, after we die physically, we will also come alive physically. And so this resurrection from the dead is something spiritually that's already happened to those who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And so God looks at us and he says, you're raised from the dead along with Christ and seated with us in him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. What a great person to be united with, right? (laughs) The, The Son of God, God the Son. And then it says, this is kind of a cool statement because think about this. If we know a little bit about ourselves and then we read this statement, it says, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness. Did you know that God, the, the God that created the universe, that keeps it all running, keeps it working together, you could be a trophy in his trophy case <laughs> that he can look at and he can point to for all eternity and say, look at what I made out of Bob. That's awesome. <laughs> he loves us but he has made us trophies of his mercy and his grace. And you're that today. If you're you're in Jesus, you are that today. And so sometimes we kind of forget about that. And we, uh, we don't really live in the full appreciation of that. But if we can get hold of that every day, I'm God's trophy. I'm God's trophy of that richness, that mercy, that grace, all those things that we just read about. That'll change the way we live our day, won't it? It will. So that covers, it doesn't cover, but it, it touches on the God part of kindness. And so let's, let's go on to the us part of kindness. And this is kind of a, a verse to take us into that section. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Okay, so God's grace and mercy has not only made us a trophy, but made us his child. And so 
we should kind of start looking like God, right? And so the, this little picture, I don't know if you can tell, that's a cross there at the top. And then as God's kindness, his, his, the fruit of his spirit comes down, it comes through that channel of the cross. That's how it's made good to us. And as it comes into us, it will flow out from us. So vertically, we are connected to God by the new life that we have, by his spirit that lives in us. And we learn about him through his word, and that will flow out of us as we enjoy that. And it'll, it'll impact those around us. So others, horizontally, other people who have needs will see them and will say, I want to meet that need. You know, and, and maybe there's times where we can't really feel like we're meeting the need, but, but we want to, and we do something, and we also care that their needs are truly met. So we might, we will do what we can to avoid that harshness that sometimes comes with meeting needs. Think of like surgery, for example. You know, it would, if you were out in the field and you cut yourself, somebody might have to stitch you up if they had, say they had a thread and needle without anesthesia. And that would be kind, right? I mean, it would hurt, but it would be kind because you needed it and they did the best they could. But if you were in the doctor's office and they said, ah, you can uh, just suck it up. We're, we're going to do this without anesthesia. That wouldn't be kindness in this sense. It might meet the need, but it, it would be harsh. and It would be something that we didn't need. So let's look at one of the verses that talks about kindness in us. And this verse has a lot of one another's and others in it. And this really kind of describes the way our life should be. And it's, it's a little bit convicting, I think. And as we read this, I want you to think about what it would be like if this was the case. You know, I, uh, when I read that and I thought about, what if this was always the case in the way we treated each other at church, in our marriages, in our families, with our kids, with our coworkers, with our neighbors? What would this world be like? And I, I kind of remembered the words of this song, and, and my, I think it, it might have been like an anthem of my uncle's who was an atheist, and as far as I know, he died as an atheist, and he was very in-your-face in his atheism. But he sent, I think he sent this to Brandon, and you guys will probably recognize this song. It's a song by John Lennon, but it says, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us. So that was his view of what he wanted to imagine this life. I, I will pick this one <laughs> because I want to have something that's worth living for. I want to have something that's worth dying for in my life, and my God has given me that. And so this peace doesn't come as a result of people that are all just living for today. If we're all just living for today, we're also just living for ourselves, and, and it's not going to be a peaceful scene as he depicts in that song. So let's read this. This is God's version, and this is not just an imaginary thing. This, is, this can be a reality 
as his spirit is moving through us. It's from Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14, and it says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, so there's our word, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. What would that be like? You know, I, I, I see a lot of this in you guys and my interactions with you, and I, I enjoy that greatly. But, you know, sometimes the, the, our natural flesh gets in the way and, and we interrupt this. But this is what God wants for us. And if this was true of us all the time, I think our, our testimony in this world would be a, a lot more effective. All of these things toward one another. And you know, I'll just say this too, because sometimes we are aware of our own needs, and sometimes we might see somebody that is aware of a different need that we have, and maybe they kind of ruffle our feathers a little bit in the fact that they address it, or maybe they did let some of that harshness come in. But this, address, this verse addresses that too. Because it says, if anyone has a complaint against another, let him forgive. And that, that needs to be the reaction of our hearts too when that harshness on somebody else's side comes in. We need, to, we need to forgive. And maybe they weren't really being harsh. They were just bringing out something that we were denying in our own life. And so we need to, we need to pay attention. We can't dis, discount the fact that somebody may have been sent by God to meet our need just because we didn't like it. So, we started with a pop quiz and, and we're going to end with a little test. <laughs> so, I, I, I dreamed up these scenarios. They don't have any uh, reflection of, of true stories, I'm sure. So, we're going to just quickly go through three scenarios and I want us to take what we've learned about kindness and I want you to tell me, is this kindness or not? So yes or no, I guess was probably the best answer. So, first one, my neighbor's lawnmower has been broken down for three weeks, so I sprayed Roundup on his yard. <laughs> Just think, must be a hard one. I haven't heard any answers yet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's start over. <laughs> there was a need and you met it. So we're halfway there, right? What might we be missing? Let's help Vance out here. <laughs> might be a little harsh. Might be a little harsh. So that's a no. Number two, I bought a latte for the driver behind me in line. That is nice. Is it kindness of the spirit? This, this is a trick question, isn't it? It's not meeting a need. So <clears throat> some of us think we need caffeine. And if you guys, I mean, if anybody wants to buy me a latte, I will thank you and I'll, I'll be very happy about that. And that, that would be a very nice thing to do. But it's, there's not a need there that's being met. I mean, you, we might be able to come up with a scenario where that is a need. Um, but I would never discourage you from buying anybody, you know, a treat. It's, this is not to discourage you from that. But 
there have been stories, and we've been the recipients of this before, and been on both sides of the story where somebody gets to the checkout counter at the grocery store and, and they just didn't have enough money or they forgot some of their money. It's kind of an embarrassing story for me, but one time Debbie got into that situation and she, she didn't have quite enough cash, so she was going to go put some stuff back and she, she was at Aldi, which doesn't take credit cards, and she didn't have her debit card with her and the lady behind her just insisted on paying for those extra few things. Um, and, and she paid for them with her food stamps. And so <laughs> that, was, that was kind of her. You know, she obviously had a need that she was receiving food stamps, and she passed that benefit on to us, and we didn't really need it. So it was, it was a little hard on my pride, but it was a good, good experience for me. And so that, that's... That was food we didn't need either, <laughs> as you might notice sometimes, but we, uh, we were blessed by that. And there are people who truly can't afford their food, and so that's a, an opportunity. Okay, the final one. My friend's were, jokes were hurting his kid's feelings, so I pulled him aside and told him he might want to try a different style of humor. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so there's a need there, right? And, and sometimes we're not really aware of how we're impacting others, and, and we just need to be told. And sometimes that comes in with humor. Sometimes it comes in with instruction. We're just, you know, we have... There's a, there's a whole host of things that we might need this kind of help with. And so, you know, notice it, it's kind of taking somebody aside and gently saying to them, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but you're kind of hurting somebody's feelings or you're kind of putting people off, so on and so forth. And that's, a, that's actually an act of kindness. There's a need and it's done without harshness. It can be done without harshness. And so I would say that passes the test. It meets a need and it does it without harshness. So this morning, we've been the receivers of God's kindness a great kindness beyond what we can imagine. If we understand our, our true need and we don't really truly understand it, I, I would argue that we probably never truly understand the need that God has met in giving his only son to be our savior. And this morning we're going to take communion. We take the bread that reminds us of Jesus' body given for us. And we take the juice that reminds us of his blood that was shed for us. And it was in that act, ultimately ending at the cross, that God showed his full richness of kindness toward us so that we who were dead in our sins could be raised and set at the right hand of God. And so the band is going to come up and we'll, we'll have a few more songs and we're going to give thanks for this and we'll participate in it. And I want us to, as we do it, not just do it because we usually do it, but do it because we're remembering the kindness of God to us in the cross of Jesus. Let's just give thanks. Father, we give thanks for your kindness to us. Thank you for seeing us in our need and saving us from that need. And at a great cost to yourself, I just pray that as we take this bread, 
that we give thanks for it in our hearts. And as we take this juice, that we're giving thanks for it in our hearts, remembering that this was your provision for us, that you've met our need, and that you've done it with so much love and grace and humility. And we just give you thanks for that. And we would lift you up in worship this morning. In Jesus' name, still and that was encouraging to see that song come up because Alan and I didn't talk about that Um, but we definitely are needy and we're needy of God he's met our need and now our challenge before we sing one last song is who do you know that needs kindness this week what needs are you aware of that God has placed you in their life to meet in that spirit of kindness without harshness let's just give thanks Father, thank you again for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that though we are needy, you have met our need. And we just commit ourselves to you in this week. Pray that we would walk in the Spirit, that the fruit of your Spirit would flow out in our lives in kindness and in every other dimension. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.